Welcome to the Winter Maintenance Podcast, Episode 21, Part 2 of the FHWA Claris Initiative webcast. I'm Dwayne Collett. On June 25th of 2007, the FHWA hosted a webcast on the Claris Initiative. The FHWA granted the Winter Maintenance Podcast permission to make the webcast proceedings available. So you can listen to these presentations on your MP3 player or iPod while you commute to and from work, the webcast audio has been divided into five parts. A link to the PowerPoint slides used in the webcast can be found in the episode notes. Part 2 contains presentations by the Phase 1 Regional Demonstration Teams and an overview of their activities. That being said, uh, we're going to turn this over now to Jack Stickle, who is the uh, team leader for the Alaska-Canadian Province uh, Regional Demo Team. Uh, he's with the Department of Transportation and Public Utilities, and I'll go ahead and turn this over to Jack. Uh, thank you, Pat. We believe we've got a very strong team uh, to put together the Alaska-Canada Highway uh, Road Weather Portal co- concept of operations. Where we're at is we, uh, at this point, we went through the state of Alaska procurement for professional services uh, for our federal uh, projects. Uh, I've received uh, a handful of proposals. We evaluated them last week, and we hope to issue a notice of intent to award uh, perhaps even today uh, to start the negotiations uh, to develop this concept of operations. Our objective for the concept of operations is really pretty simple. We would like to develop a road weather portal for the for the web uh, that mirrors uh, Google Map functionality uh, to leverage the uh, Claris system quality checking and uh, other road weather management systems that may exist uh, within the uh, four areas, as well as the traveler information networks that the that the four uh, uh, partners uh, have already developed and deployed. The team that we put together is the uh, Intelligence Transportation System Coordinator for, for uh, DOT um, and myself, Environment Canada, uh, that's being led by Etar Kunar and David Lawn, uh, National Weather Service Alaska region. Uh, they're very excited about this. They're a heavy user of MATIS at, the point, at this point and uh, wishes to tap into the CLARE system as well. Alberta Infrastructure and Transportation, uh, the British Columbia Ministry of Transportation, and Yukon Department of Highways and Public Works. The area that's covered uh, is using the Milepost Magazine definition of the Alaska Highway that starts out in Dawson Creek and runs to, up to Delta Junction in Alaska, plus all the connecting roads in Yukon Territories, British Columbia, Alberta, and the um, state of Alaska. This is a breakdown of the ESS in the four areas, uh, come up to 142. Uh, we may refine this as we go along. Um, these, uh, these ESS are on the, uh, either on the Alaska Highway, 
Alaska Canada Highway or the connecting roads that was defined in the previous map. We've got five focus areas that we're dealing with. Uh, the first one is the tie six ITS program areas that uh, will be reflected on a following slide into the two uh, concept of operation scenarios that we've defined. We want to look at the regional economic initiatives that are going on in the region that may drive the future placement of ESS, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a future slide. We're going to incorporate other environmental sensor programs around the state uh, and the provinces that may include uh, avalanche forecasting sites, uh, river uh, level sites, snow depth, seasonal weight restrictions with temperature data probes. Um, we'd like to interface with other road weather management systems, uh, such as uh, what the Aurora Road Weather uh, Pool Fund is doing. And we want to have a, uh, a strong stakeholder outreach process for road weather providers and users. That includes the uh, traveling public as well. It's the six uh, ITS uh, focus areas, snow and ice control, commercial vehicle operations, uh, multimodal information, and we're particularly interested in tying in to the, uh, to the connecting nodes for uh, marine highway systems and uh, local government-controlled airports, traveler communication, tourist information, and internal operations, such as uh, the actual uh, control of uh, chemicals and de-icers on the road systems. The two scenarios that we have, the uh, first one is road weather maintenance and construction operations. Pretty straightforward, uh, looking at the uh, four agencies for these covered areas. Second one on traveler information. Uh, this is especially interesting for the area that we're working in. Uh, um, a couple of the high points of that would be park management and maintenance, uh, and the multimodal information, such as the tie-ins to the to the uh, marine highway systems and the, the regional and local airports. We mentioned already uh, we want to look at the regional economic development. Uh, as everyone knows, the uh, Alaska and, and Canada is resource rich. There's a lot of development on that, uh, including uh, the infrastructure to, to transport new equipment, uh, and, and certainly road weather is critical to that. Uh, tourism is, is a significant factor uh, for tying in the traveler information. And two big uh, infrastructure developments that will drive where ESS goes in the future years, railroad expansion between Alaska and Canada, and Alaska gas pipeline development, which is coming. The question is when uh, that's expected uh, to, to run about $25 billion in, in infrastructure development, and uh, it will cer certainly drive where Alaska and the Yukon Territory uh, place ESS to support this development. Here's a list of some other environmental sensor programs uh, that we're going to leverage for the concept of operations. Here's the interface uh, with the other systems that we're looking at. 
the health of the Arwin network uh, coming out of Canada that uh, analyzes and visualizes site and sensor status. Uh, two Aurora projects that are ongoing uh, are as equipment monitoring where we want to incorporate the Clara system uh, output to monitor and track sensor and site performance. And the second one, the uh, quality assurance monitoring system to visualize the, the Clara system output uh, for a, a daily, monthly, and perhaps even yearly application. I guess we turn it over to Dennis now. Okay, uh, Dennis. Uh, so first of all, thank you, Jack. Um, I know there was a lot of material there, and uh, went through that quickly. Um, and I see a question about the PowerPoint. The, this PowerPoint will be posted on the ClarisInitiative.org website, so you have the opportunity to go back and and check it out there. Uh, Dennis Berkheimer, are you on the phone? I was afraid of that. We were hoping that he was going to be joining us. We know that, that Tina was una unavailable today and that Dennis was going to cover. Dennis must have gotten pulled away to something else that uh, means that he's not going to be able to participate. Uh, so with that, I'm going to go through these slides very quickly. I'm not going to try to, to give the presentation because I don't want to be speaking for Iowa, but just to, to let you see what um, Iowa, the Iowa lead state as a lead state for the Aurora team has planned. You can see there's four states, uh, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio that are participating. Actually, uh, well, I see that Dennis Belcher's on the phone, but um, uh, he's on the line. Dennis, if you um, would press star zero if you're comfortable going through these slides to give this presentation. Sorry to, to throw this on you at the last second, but um, I see Dennis Belter is, okay, we're, we're just giving you presenter status, and can you come on the phone? Um, yes, operator, we would like uh, Dennis Belter to please have an open line. If you're able to open up the line of Dennis Belter, that would be helpful. Thank you. Excuse me, this is the coordinator. Mr. Belter is actually in a meeting right now. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Um, okay, well, sorry, that I thought that would work, but it's not. Dennis is also tied up, Dennis Belter. So I will go ahead and um, just go, continue going through these slides quickly. As you can see, this, uh, the, the four teams are members also of the Aurora Consortium. This has close ties to that activity. They have four CONOP concepts of operation ideas proposed, three of which uh, tie to travel information, and then the fourth is for construction decision support. Idea number one being route guidance and support. And as captured in this slide. Idea number two, rest area kiosks, kiosk-based system, bringing advanced weather information that way. Idea three is in vehicle displays. And the fourth idea, which is something that, that we've talked about a lot within the Road Weather Management Program but have not explored to any great depth and are very excited about seeing where this goes, is uh, more on the, the construction decision support side of things, in this case, pavement construction. 
and looking at how road weather information can be used to um, help support uh, decision making regarding construction. Um, and uh, I went through those very quickly. Pat Kennedy is, is the uh, task manager for these. Did you want to add anything else to about the uh, Iowa-led effort? Okay, hearing none, no comment, then I will now turn it over to Dave Huft, who is uh, from South Dakota DOT and is the, who is the lead state for the third of the uh, Phase 1 regional demonstration activities. So, Dave, it's all yours. Hey, thank you, Paul. Um, the, uh, the third team is, uh, comprises the states that are in the Northwest Passage demonstration, and... Uh, the Northwest Passage, uh, for those of you outside of our region, uh, is, is the states that exist from Wisconsin westward to Washington along the Interstate 90 and Interstate 94 corridors. So you'll see on the map there that we go through Minnesota, the Dakotas, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and ending up at the end of I-90 in uh, Washington. Uh, South Dakota is the lead state for this uh, endeavor, but it really is being done as a uh, consortium of the Northwest Passage states that is involved in other other projects as well. We'll advance to the next slide. Can I do that by hitting something? Or yeah, if you uh, down the uh, lower left corner of the slide, you'll see. Uh, Got it. A, yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, the Claris concept, I think, is pretty familiar to everyone, but we've got environmental sensing stations feeding into the Claris system where information is compiled and there are quality checks. And then that information is made available back to us and also to information service providers and other users, that some of, some of whom are probably not yet identified. Um, I think one of the things that we're going to be interested in the course of this project is defining the actual information flows. Um, as shown here, the, the information from the ESSs go directly into Claris and come back to the agencies. Um, we're not sure whether that means that there'll be an intermediate stop where, for example, uh, South Dakota is putting in ESSs that are NTCIP compliant and one question is whether that information comes first back to um, an NTCIP uh, application here in South Dakota and then goes to Claris or whether it goes first to Claris and then back to South Dakota or just how those information flows will be uh, most efficiently accomplished, I think is one of the things we're looking to find out as well. Um, we have some objectives defined in, in our uh, proposal and work plan. One of the things we're concerned about is recognizing the operational characteristics of the system. Um, we're particularly interested in how the configurations and information flows and timings and uh, more of the operational characteristics of, of how Claris will work. When it is uh, when it is fully operational, 
we're hoping that in the course of our eight states working together and having a lot of discussion among ourselves and also with um, the Federal Highway Administration and our contractor, that we'll be able to um, identify and resolve many of the operational issues that, that might be involved. We're also concerned about the uh, staffing that's going to be required uh, in, in the long run in uh, supporting uh, Claris. Will that be different in, among our states than what we presently have for just maintaining our ESSs on our own? Will there be new skills? Will there be new requirements? I, that's one of the things we'll be um, investigating. Um, in all of this, we want to plan for um, the future enhancements, both enhancements that would be made at the state level, but also possible enhancements in Claris itself. Um, and we're looking for participation of, of the stakeholders in our eight states to identify what enhancements are going to be needed. We're looking, we didn't define scenarios yet uh, explicitly, but the general areas that we're planning to work in are uh, these. We want to find ways to make ESS data more meaningful in terms of uh, providing weather information relevant to the, to the roadway. One of the issues I think we're concerned about is that ESSs represent a, uh, a spot measurement. So at that particular location on a highway, we have an indication of what the weather and maybe surface conditions are. But the, the issue of providing information both to ourselves as uh, road maintainers or road operators and to road users uh, goes beyond that to providing information that's meaningful uh, between the uh, environmental sensing stations. And so the question is how this information can best be used to give us uh, a more complete picture of the conditions that prevail on our system, not just at the points where ESSs exist. We're also interested in tying um, this information to information relating to the road network itself. So we'll be looking at applications needing uh, spatial databases that go along with spatial databases of pavement composition and road slab depth, um, upgrade composition and soil type. This kind of information, for example, is useful in uh, maintenance, winter maintenance decision support systems where we're wanting to predict the response of the pavement surface uh, to the weather that that comes to it, and knowing what the pavement is made of and how thick it is and what's underneath it and what kind of heat transfers can, can occur uh, is, is essential to doing a good job of, of maintenance decision support. So we'll be looking to tie this environmental sensing information geographically to the road network information so that we have both, both components of uh, for the analysis. Um, we're looking at real-time road surface conditions, of course, and again, the primary reasons for that in our states are, first of all, uh, 
doing road maintenance to make sure that we're responding, uh, not only responding to conditions, but also anticipating the development of conditions that are going to happen as the weather progresses. And we're also looking at providing traffic information to uh, road users. Um, most of the states in our region have uh, 511 traveler information services and web-based traveler information services. Um, I don't, uh, some of us put out ESS information directly. Um, many of us put out information that is, uh, that combines ESS information with many other sources of weather information. And so one of the things that we'll be looking at is how uh, this, uh, the ESS information from our c combined states can, can better help us give information to travelers. In, in many of our states, especially during the winter, we have kind of a westward to eastward weather progression. So a storm that happens um, in Montana on one day might be in North Dakota or Minnesota the next day. And so having uh, advanced information about how the weather and road conditions are playing out in the state to the west of us is particularly useful. A couple of other things, um, not on this slide, several states in our region are beginning to deploy mobile uh, sensing um, of uh, particular air and road temperature, but also um, manual observations or uh, of uh, road conditions. And one of the questions we'll be looking at is whether that information can be uh, integrated into CLARA somehow. The organization of our project, um, South Dakota DOT is the contracting agency, and uh, we have two subcontractors to the project. Uh, first, the University of North Dakota is actually under contract with the Minnesota Department of Transportation. That's uh, uh, part, uh, being done that way to provide some of the match necessary to the, to the grant. But the University of North Dakota's role will be in developing metadata on particular sites. I've been curious that as we've looked at the number of ESSs in our states, that number, no two sets of numbers seem to agree. And so one of the first things we'll be able to do is to get a handle on how many ESSs even exist in each one of our states. Of course, uh, what condition and what capabilities they have as well. Uh, the second uh, subcontractor is Meridian Environmental Technology. They're under subcontract to the South Dakota Department of Transportation. And they'll be doing a lot of the work with the Claris interface and the concept about the development of the concept of operations. Um, Meridian is already under contract, and uh, the University of North Dakota is expected to be under contract very soon. Um, Referred to the number of ESSs, there are actually a lot of ESSs in the Northwest Corridor states. But as I said before, our numbers here don't necessarily agree with what's on the uh, initial slide, so we need to get a firm handle on what does exist. Um, got a couple of charts just showing the metadata, and won't dwell on these, but the point is, is that there will be a, a complete development of metadata both for the ESS site and for the, the location site besides that. So the site and climate metadata will be collected as well. 
Um, staffing is predominantly through, uh, through the University of North Dakota and Meridian, and the one person in the States that's shown a staff is myself in more of a project management role. But uh, obviously, there's going to be a substantial uh, participation from each one of the states. Uh, there's a statewide contact and also an information technology contact identified for, for each state. We'll be participating in um, the training in uh, around July 10th and 11th, and uh, work will begin in earnest immediately after that. And this is the project schedule, as uh, Paul mentioned early on. It's uh, about a nine-month nine duration, so by... Um, the end of January of 2008, this project will be complete for us. That's all I have, Paul. Thank you. Okay. Great. Thank you very much, Dave. Our thanks to the FHWA for permitting us to bring this webcast to you. If you would like to contact any of the speakers, Use the Contact Me button or leave me a message at 206-309-0845 and I will forward your message to them. Thanks for listening and so long for now.